Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. I am your host, Kelsey Higgins, and today I'm very excited about our guest. She is a beautiful wife and mother and a fabulous friend. Please welcome one of my best friends, Chelsea Clark. Hello. Thank you for having me. We have a lot to discuss today. Let's start with a little background. When did you find out about your pregnancy? So I found out about my pregnancy. Um, We had been trying for about like two and a half years, I would say. I wasn't expecting it to take as long as it did. I thought that something was seriously wrong with me. I went to the doctor multiple times and there weren't any really good explanations. Um, They had actually actually diagnosed me with PCOS um, like right before I found out I was pregnant. And I feel like that was like just kind of a blanket diagnosis because they didn't know what else and PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome Mm. which I don't actually have oh yeah yeah so (laughs) that's what I'm saying is like there there wasn't a good explanation for how long it was taking and I I just I don't know I got this weird diagnosis as like here's here's a here's an answer maybe like and then it was the day after Thanksgiving that I just I don't know I woke up and I just decided like I'm just gonna like take you know I'm just take a test I need to like face the music I'm gonna try this med soon I need to like know that for sure I'm not pregnant Mm -hmm. so I can like wrap my head around what's about to happen and I was brushing my teeth and I took the test like I'd taken so many times before and I looked down and there were two lines and that was like one of the best moments of my life. Oh. Yeah. Was Colin there with you? He was. Yeah. He was sleeping, so I woke him up. Obviously. Yeah. It's the Big best wake-up call. Yeah. Oh, that's Super sweet. exciting. Lots of tears. From that point, it, it, yes, you had some difficulties getting, you know, pregnant, which honestly is quite common. Super common. So I think it's fair to say up to that point, everything had been pretty typical. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Your pregnancy, the first... 20-ish weeks were very normal super normal um and dare I say easy like I didn't get nausea I didn't feel like much different from myself I I really really was enjoying being pregnant that's great not all people can say that I know yeah yeah so this is where things become a little bit different for you and defining moment in your life yeah is when you found out your pregnancy and your child and your life might not be what you thought it would be yeah tell me about that yeah so around 20 weeks they ask you to come in for your anatomy scan which is um in most cases when you find out you know if you're going to have a boy or a girl um so we went in and everything seemed normal we found out that it was going to be a girl Yay. and that was so exciting and you know we just I just remember the whole ride home we like blasted Beyonce who run the world girls <laughs> it 
<laughs> it was so exciting. We were just like so pumped. And then later that night, I get a phone call from the clinic. Uh, my OB, they couldn't get good images of all four chambers of the heart. And, you know, we were under the impression that everything went fine. I mean, these ultrasound techs play it really cool. Yeah. Because I'm sure they see a lot of stuff that's not right, but they can't they can't say anything until they take a further look at things, and that's why they referred us to somebody. Um, but, of course, it was on a Friday that we went in, so we wouldn't be able to have the follow-up ultrasound until Monday. So I spent that entire weekend just so anxious. Right. Um, and I, I just, I had a feeling that something was really wrong, but I had no idea what it could be. Um, Did you ever have that feeling before that call? No, no. All of our scans had been normal, but again, none are quite as detailed as that scan. I was telling everybody that, you know, I, I'm sure everything would be fine, but we just needed an additional scan, but deep down I I knew that something was definitely not quite right you told people that you were that something might be wrong more or less and that you were looking into different things that in itself is kind of an interesting decision what made you decide to tell people that there were some further tests coming down the road I just wanted to be as transparent as possible I mean I didn't want to worry anybody so I didn't give them you know too much room for that but I also wanted to like keep the lines of communication open for our community that really care about us because it's one of those things you know you if something doesn't go quite right getting everyone that's in your community on board with you and like loving you and supporting you and rooting for you is so important so I think that was like pretty much like an initial um first step of many in which we we did that foreshadowing of of things to come yeah I think and how how you and Colin managed things throughout mm. you received the information that we need to take a, a better look get get better images of all four chambers mm-hmm. that was scheduled for Monday yeah did you go back to the same place was it the same text no it was uh the maternal fetal medicine clinic for the level two ultrasound so it's like a specialty clinic specialty ultrasound basically and I remember it was an April day in April where it was snowing a lot and I had to leave work in the afternoon to go there and I had no idea what was going to come it was just very uncomfortable was Colin with you he wasn't he met me there okay Mm -hmm. so you get there yeah they are taking the images yeah I presume not telling you anything while they're looking correct yeah and you're finished up yeah and then what then the doctor comes in he explains to us in no uncertain terms that this is going to be an incredibly difficult road ahead should we choose to travel it Um, basically telling us that the survival rates for our child who has multiple congenital heart defects um, are going to be low especially for the first year. Um, She's going to need multiple surgeries throughout her life, potentially a pacemaker, heart transplant. Um, Just a lot of of information. You know, we didn't even 
no kind of, you know we kind of gl- you gloss over a little bit at least I did Colin was a lot more attentive but um yeah he let us know that what she has a few of the a few of the diagnoses she has um are called heterotaxy syndrome in which her stomach is on the right side uh her liver is kind of in the middle of her body and her heart is kind of rotated around and it not not in the right not in the right place um another diagnosis she has is a single ventricle so most people are born with two um she has one um and she has from the single ventricle she also has hypoplastic left heart syndrome so her left heart her left um ventricle just didn't quite form so the right one's doing all the work it's essentially like half a heart you talk about all of that with a lot of knowledge it sounds like and I'm sure it took a long time to get there but it's I I can only imagine hearing all of that at once yeah and I mean what were you thinking I I was just thinking that this was the most devastating thing that we we could have ever expected um you know and I and looking back on it now I can say like he could he could have presented the information in a little more optimistic light Mm -hmm. um but he essentially told us you know you have the choice to go through with all this do all these surgeries see if she makes it or you could you could terminate now um basically dropping you know two people who have no prior medical knowledge about I mean we just assumed that everything was going to be okay right um so not even knowing any of these terms really what they mean uh not enough time to really uh get into it and um have enough resources to know where to go from there just dropping this like incredibly large bomb on us with a big big decision we'll be back after a short break today's episode is sponsored by strip after several months of maternity leave i am back to work which means i'm also back to wearing makeup well i do enjoy wearing makeup i have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day until now i've been using a new product i love called strip it does more than just remove your makeup though it does do that well it is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin it's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly i just don't have time for I've even shared it with family and friends, and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash Apparently, strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. Did you and Colin talk about, did you even consider termination? 
we talked about it as if it were like you know we we didn't discuss it at length because we didn't want to do that mm-hmm. we didn't want to we we had wanted this baby so badly and I think just the way that it was presented to us um he almost made it sound like her quality of life would be so poor if we chose to continue um that it would be like the wrong thing to do to Mm. not terminate so I think that we we gave it pause we did just you know because he's a medical professional so we we thought you know maybe I don't know we don't know anything about this Mm -hmm. um but then we did a little research um we talked to a lot of family and friends who are medical professionals or know medical professionals and they gave us a lot of information that made us feel really you know confident about continuing that's a that's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to place on parents just discovering a diagnosis about their child i wonder if that's how it's always done and I wondered that too you know is this just he wants to kind of lay it out as like worst case scenario and you work backwards because we have experienced that you know in in cases following um with our daughter but that just it just seemed like such such a dark tone on an already very dark day right you know, it it left us feeling totally depleted. Like, even if we wanted to continue, would that be the right thing for us and our family? But luckily, we didn't we didn't stay in that place for very long. Back to that day at mm-hmm. the office, yeah, with that doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see him again? Oh, yes. You did? I saw him again. Yeah. And, I mean, I started calling him Lord Voldemort because, honestly, he is just, like, he's horrible. Um, he's, like, part of the OB group that delivers at the hospital that I had my oh, baby at. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I'm, like, if I get this guy, I'm going to say no. 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 I'm going to hold off. I will, whatever you need to do to keep this baby inside me until his shift ends, do it. Colin thought that I was being a little overdramatic, but I mean, he was terrible. Yeah. Not not the guy you want delivering your kid. No. 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 But luckily he referred us to a clinic that he doesn't, you know, strictly work out of. He just is in that building. But, um, yeah, from there on we got our care at a different clinic. So the day you found out, you and Colin are in this, in this office. Yeah. You drove separately. Yeah. It's snowing outside. Yeah. What happens next? Colin has to go back to work. Oh. Yeah, and um, I get shuffled to another room to talk to a geneticist. Um, so I'm just bawling in this, like, little side office. And the genetic, uh, I, I have to imagine she's, like, at least a nurse practitioner. But um, she comes in and sees me, and she's just like, you know what? Uh I'm going to just give you my card. You've been through a lot today. We don't we don't have to talk about this right now. You have the 
the information you need to think it over but um, if you want to talk further about this let me know it, is, it was kind of time sensitive so she said we would need to do it within the next like 48 hours but um, she gave me her card and then she just left and she said whenever you feel like you can go and I honestly sat there for a while because my legs were just like jelly I've mm-hmm. never cried so hard in my life and Colin gets off work early and we just held each other and cried for a really long time. And I, I remember what it's like to get to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you start envisioning your life right away. Oh, yeah. You start envisioning what your life's going to be like in a year. Yeah. Three years, five yeah. years, ten years. You know, when your kids are getting married. And yep. you envision all of that immediately. Yeah. So it, I can presume it was just your whole life completely changed before you even got to live it yeah yeah because a lot of those things I couldn't see anymore you know I couldn't see her getting married I couldn't see her going to college I just had this like mental block for a while where I just had the worst case scenario in mind mind you like I still was committed to continuing this pregnancy I wanted to like give her a shot Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's hard because there's a lot of information out there. Um, even though her diagnoses are relatively rare, um, there's still a lot of kids with a lot of kids with heart defects. So it's easy to go down a rabbit hole and find a sprinkle of, you know, pretty uplifting stories of kids who are doing great. They're making it. And then a lot of stories about kids who have passed on. Did you feel like that knowledge and researching, did that make you feel powerful or more just out of control? I think it made me feel more out of control. Um, Because like I said, it's totally a rabbit hole. You will find information that speaks to you, that makes you feel great and you're like yes I found like this little nugget of hope Mm -hmm. um and then the next thing you see is like a terrible story about you know I just you know it's it 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 wasn't healthy for me when all I should have been focusing on is trying to get back to enjoying my pregnancy as I was because there was at the end of the day there was nothing I could do to control what was happening right what was done was already done and it was nothing I had control over in the first place and so I think I could have probably spared myself a lot of stress um by just staying off of the internet (laughs) a little bit you know that's hard that's hard to do in any any scenario yeah with with anything is the first thing you do is google well, you want information. You want information, and it's it's a scary place. You know, I, I my um, my OB when I was pregnant, one of the first checkups I had, she told me, don't don't look up things online, mm-hmm. which is so strange. Yeah, to be in 2019. Yeah, and pregnant, and your doctor's telling you don't look at things online, but she said it's just it's scary, and there's there's a lot of facts, but there's a lot of misinformation yeah as well yeah you've decided this is going to be a difficult path and we're going to take it yep 
Colin was like, we owe it to the family that we've always wanted to see this through and give her the best chance that we can give her because we're going to be good parents either way. Yeah. You know, you could hear him saying that, right? I can, I can, I can, it's like he's in the room. Yeah. (laughs) Colin is an amazing human being and you two are so incredibly well paired. I think it's cool how I've watched you two navigate this together mm-hmm. and it's very inspiring to watch it because this is the stuff that can tear people apart yeah I've always found it very inspiring how you two leaned on each other and really just decided that you're a team and you were going to tackle all of this as a team you've never talked about Juniper or any of this situation without referencing it as a family and a team and a common goal. Yeah. Which is very inspiring. We'll be back after a short break. Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that, frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. Tell us about delivery. As much as you want to share. Yeah. No, it's not that I'm like not wanting to share, but I'll t- I'll tell you the story of delivery. It's week 38 and we go in and we have our ultrasound and we have a new tech that I hadn't seen her before and her name is Rhonda. Rhonda. Rhonda informs us that she is catching a flight to Germany tonight to see her son. Um, she's real excited to see him. And Rhonda does the ultrasound, and baby's just not moving. Did you have breakfast this morning? Yeah. Did you drink a lot of water? Have some right here. Oh, well, that's just kind of strange. Let me, like, go check on some stuff, and then I'll come back, and and we'll see where things are at. Okay. So I know the protocol here, right? If the baby's not moving in X amount of minutes, then they're going to, like, shift me around and then do it again, and then hopefully the baby's moving by that point. If it's not, then they're going to, you know, take my blood pressure, see what's up there, and then we're going to probably have to go to the next phase of things. But she leaves the room and baby moves. So I'm like, great, perfect. 
this is fine. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna just business as usual. Yep. Rhonda comes back in the room and I let her know the baby is moving. We're good. Okay, well let me check. Baby doesn't move. Rhonda spends about ten seconds trying to find the movement it's not a lot of time no no and she says well that's so weird well I'm gonna go talk to your OB and you know you might have to we might be looking at a at a we might be looking at this is it and I'm like what are you talking about she's like well the baby's not moving so I'm gonna send you to your OB so um she can take your blood pressure but you might be having this baby pretty soon excuse me Rhonda right and Rhonda made it sound like, you know, if you, the baby's really not moving, we might see you in the OR. And that means, like, C-section time. Right. So I'm not very pleased with this information. Mm-mm. And Rhonda just kind of shortchanged us. I feel like she just really wanted to get out of there and get get going on this trip she to Germany. She was mentally in Germany. She was checked out. Yeah. Yeah. So Rhonda says, yeah, we're going to have you walk down this extraordinary long hallway to go see your doctor and get your blood pressure taken um and we walk in the room and she takes my blood pressure shocker it's high clearly off the charts right so do not pass go you go straight across the street to the hospital man yeah but the doctor did say that i would not be going to the or Oh, that was nice. Yeah, she's like, that's really not what anyone should have told you. That's cool. not what's going to happen. Rhonda. I know. Rhonda. <laughs> so she just said, they're going to just check you in. You know, you might not you might not be staying. They're just going to monitor things and just see how things are going. You might be here to have a baby, but you might not. Got our things and walked across the street and checked in to maybe have a baby. <laughs> It was very bizarre. Maybe not. Maybe not. I wasn't totally prepared for that, but um, we checked in and did some monitoring, and then they were kind of like, well, you're here now, and your induction would have been in three days, so we're just going to we're just gonna do it now. We're just going to call, call it. We'll call it. Wow. Yeah. I presume you didn't have your quote-unquote to-go bag with you. I definitely didn't have it. No. It Did was you at home. It was packed. It was packed. Okay. Collins, you know, you know how he yeah. is. He had it packed for yeah, a while. He had that packed. Yeah, he's ready, but it wasn't in the car. He probably had it overpacked. He probably had a lot of things in there that you never needed. It was the biggest bag. It's like a duffel bag for a family of five going to Disneyland. It's not for two people having a baby at a hospital, which uh, has pretty much everything you need. Uh, yeah. yeah. Were you dilated? No. Ugh. God, no, no. This was a this was a long this took a while. Um <laughs> I had to do all of all of the things of induction. So that was like the first day and a half um was just like waiting for things to get going. And then at around twelve AM would have been like our third day. Uh that's when my water broke. It wasn't the best 14 hours of my life, but it wasn't the worst. I feel like I was like there physically, but mentally I was gone. You know, like you kind of get replaced by like your like primal self mm-hmm. and you kind of like lose all sense of like your chill, I guess. I did end up getting an epidural. No shame. Felt really good about that decision. 
once I got that, I I like apologized to everyone in the room for <laughs> yelling and grunting, but I really shouldn't have had to apologize. They said I was fine. Delivery was more or less a delivery anyone could experience, mm-hmm. but I presume things were a bit different once your baby made her entrance into the world. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I was relatively prepared for this. Like, they told me that, you know, after she was born, they would need to take her away to the NICU um, from, like, really close monitoring. And just, you know, they, they, they needed to keep a really close eye on her because now that she was, like, outside of the safe place... Um, and in the world, her heart would need to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would need to probably do some things to assist with that, with like oxygen and, and other things. So, um, once she was born at 4.07 PM, uh, she was with me for the first like three minutes on my chest and then they took her. This was the beginning of, from what I recall a very long hospital stay yeah 54 days 54 days was every day different was it hour by hour what when you think back on those two months of your life Mm -hmm. what do you think about I think about how different my experience was as a new mother now that you know we've kind of we're we've kind of stepped away from the hospital life luckily um But I just remember the second day, um, she was in the NICU and she was in like a pod as are like all the babies in the NICU. Some are like in really, really confined pods with like five nurses over them. Um, but she was in this NICU room with other babies and I remember my friend Mindy came to visit and, um, I... Like, I hadn't known any different, so, like, I brought her down there, and I'm like, yeah, this is my baby, like, but I, but you can't pick her up, you gotta wash your hands when you come in, and you just sit and look at her, and, like, to me, that was, like, totally normal, and Mindy was just sobbing, and she, like, couldn't stop, and then later she told me, she's like, the hardest thing about that was that you honestly didn't know that this was so different, and you had this newborn baby bonding experience totally ripped away from you but you didn't know you didn't know and it wasn't like she hadn't said that to like hurt my feelings but she it was just so illuminating because it's so true because you just like whatever happens with your children you just forge on and just be there like whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. and that's what it looked like for us was um just being there and you know, there were a lot of ups and downs, um, but the best thing that we could have possibly done in those 54 days um, was just to be there for her, whatever that ended up looking like. So that that leads me to two things. So I, I want to sidebar for a minute. We keep referring to your lovely, beautiful daughter as, as she. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her name's Juniper. Juniper Quinn. Yep. Junie Q, as the kids like to call her. Yeah. Junie Q is here. Chelsea and Colin are in the hospital for 54 days. Did you work during that time? 
Was that an option? I'm a teacher, so I get the summers off, luckily. Uh, But since she was born on August 1st, I had to start taking my time off, my FMLA time, starting August 1, um, which is technically still contract time since we're paid through the summer. So uh, it was a little messy, and I essentially, like, wasn't going to be paid for 12 weeks, and I kind of knew that, but I didn't really know, like, the ins and outs of it. When she was born, I went on FMLA. Colin took a little bit of paid time off from work, but he didn't have a ton, so um, we actually ended up setting up a GoFundMe earlier that year once we found out about everything that was going on with her, Um, and we got so much help from our community, like, way above and beyond what we could have expected which was amazingly helpful knowing you and knowing Colin I know that that was probably very difficult for you two to ask for help because you two are helpers Mm -hmm. you aren't people who uh, ask for or expect help from anyone else was that difficult to to ask for help and how how did you decide that that was something you were comfortable with it was really really challenging to ask for help um we you know we like subscribe to the idea that you make the most of what you have you work hard and you know life will be life will be good for you and um that like obviously isn't always true uh things happen and uh, hospital hospital stays are expensive. Um, you know, going on unpaid leave is expensive. Um, you know, having a child with complex medical needs is expensive. So I think, you know, we just, we didn't want to do it, but we knew that if we didn't do it, somebody else would have just set it up for us. We'll be back after a short break. Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work, which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. How old is Juniper today? She's going to be 19 months old tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. And what have the first 19 months of her life been like? Oh, my gosh. So, like I said, you know, the first 
54 days in the hospital was like not a normal experience um we didn't get the bonding time that we so desperately wanted and craved um but once we were home of course we knew that you know eventually she would need to come back for another surgery or a procedure but um once we were home we just regained more control over that we you know you pick her up and you never want to let her go so it's it's been amazing um yeah she is like the absolute light of our lives and she is thriving honestly um so I'd say it's been a lot of uh there's been a lot of hard days but at this point I feel like there have been more good days what does Juniper's life in regard to treatment um health what does that look what does her future look like what what are the doctors telling you what what are you and Colin expecting and gearing up for so we are looking at uh her third surgery we actually just found this out on Thursday um we were thinking it might be this summer but her heart looks like it's doing well enough that we can wait until next year wow I know it's I didn't know that yeah so that's really really great uh just it's it's just gonna be so nice to have another summer with her just totally uninterrupted by hospital stays and recovery so we're really really excited about that um this next surgery will be like the third in the stages of um, palliative surgeries that will just help uh, blood flow get to every part of her body so she can continue to develop and stay healthy Um, but after that we're looking at you know right now she has bi-monthly cardiology visits um, and they'll continue to closely monitor progress but as she gets older I imagine those will kind of um, spread out a little more uh, we might be looking at a pacemaker at some point, um, and we might be looking at a heart transplant at some point, but this next surgery should really hold her over for a while. So that's great. So thinking back to that day with Lord Voldemort yeah. Yeah. in the office, yeah. do, you th- do you think that what you have experienced was best case scenario absolutely yeah if you knew what you knew now what would you tell yourself I would tell myself focus on today focus on your child your you know your family is going to look the same you're still you're still adding another member to your family as you've always wanted Um, but the future is going to look a little different, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and that's, that's what I'd say. I'd say just hang in there. It's going to be okay. In general, becoming a mother changes you, I I would Mm. say. But what you've experienced and been through is different and more complex and more intense than what most women go through. Do you think that Juniper and your experience and her diagnosis has changed you 
as a person? And if so, how? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Uh, Absolutely. It's changed me in so many ways. In some ways, it's made me a lot softer. Um, I'm already a pretty soft person, an emotional and sensitive person. Uh, But I would say in some ways, it's made me even more so. Um, I really cherish my time with her. I, you know, I really, it's changed the way that I look at life um, and really holding on to gratitude for just the opportunities that we have to to exist, to be here with each other. Um, And that's definitely uh, at the forefront of my mind most days. I would say in some ways it's also made me a lot more bold. Um, You know, when you have a child, I think that that kind of happens naturally too. You get like a mama bear instinct. Um, But I think with me it kind of got taken up a little, a few notches probably just because I really have to advocate for my child um, in so many areas. So I think, I mean, it's absolutely changed me and it will continue to change me forever. But I would say like those are definitely like two areas that I noticed to change pretty much immediately. Being a fairly new mother myself I know that having a child changes your relationship with your spouse Mm -hmm. Um, but I can imagine again this situation has presented unique challenges and experiences that most new parents don't have the opportunity to work through together how do you think that this experience, if it has, how has it changed your relationship with Colin? And have you seen Colin as a person change? Yeah, it's definitely changed my relationship with Colin. Um, You know, we've just, because we really have had to become like top-notch communicators um, on all things Juniper, you like making sure we're on the same page about everything in every passing moment. Uh, it's definitely pushed me in particular to like really step it up a notch in, you know, making sure that I'm communicating efficiently and effectively and like really paying attention. Um, and I think it's, it's pushed him to, you know, he's already so, he's very organized and, uh, he thinks like he can really think ahead like 10 steps at a time but I think it's pushed him to also like try to stay in the moment and you know we we do we should there's definitely some reasonable worry that we should have as parents but um I think it's also okay to like let her be a kid within reason you know we do have some different parameters but Um, I think it's pushed him to be a little more flexible in that way. Uh, And in in terms of, like, he and I, um, I think, again, like, it's, if nothing else, it has really just pushed us closer together Um, because this is, like, this is it. Like, you're in the thick of it, and every day, especially when we were in the hospital, every day it was different. And that's a lot for, you know, one person. Um, 
and luckily we had each other, but uh, to kind of just have your relationship evolve in that environment is like something you look back on and you're like, we really did it. Like, you know, and we might have to do it again at some point. I mean, we will. Um, But to know that we like made it through such a tumultuous time um, together and stronger is like something to be proud of. That's really cool. Um, Something that I think a lot of, like I said earlier in this episode, I think that's something that would break a lot of couples. Um, So it's very, very refreshing and inspiring. Mm -hmm. Now, two kind of last questions in relation to Juniper and your unique experience. What advice would you give a parent who has just received a scary diagnosis? That's a really good question. Um, If I say don't Google, like you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyway. You're going to do the Google monster. And I will tell you that use it within reason. Don't spend all day on it. Um, Don't, you know, there's, there's a few Facebook pages that you're, you're going to find a community out there, whether it's on Facebook or somewhere else. Um, And that will be both a good and a bad thing. Just don't fall into it all the way because you're going to need to have some grounding in reality with your doctors, your family, your friends, people who are going to be there present for you um, and can, you know, like your doctors will give you your information in real time. So just, I don't know, I would just take those groups with a grain of salt. I would also say that you really need to remember that you are such an important part of this piece. Um, You are, if I'm speaking directly to like the moms, um, you're, you are the mother, you are the one who's pregnant, you're experiencing this already life-changing event, Um, you know, your body's changing, your emotions, your hormones are changing, Um, you know, your life is about to change completely but then on top of that now you have this completely different thing that's that's changing the way you see your future and your child um just remember that you are you're still in this you're you're worthy and you're loved and it's going to be really hard but um let people in and let your community love and support you. So that's beautiful. Are there any organizations that you think have been really helpful? Is there any anything out there that you hope other people support? Yeah, there are quite a few that we were connected with um, in terms of like just heart or heart related organizations. There's an organization called Sisters by Heart, and they just connect with families and they provide them with resources. Um, they give a really nice like bag full of like fun goodies and like self-care stuff uh, and they follow up with you too um, to see kind of how your pregnancy is going and there's like a Facebook community too. Um, Mended Little Hearts is another really good organization. Lots of great resources on that site. Um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia is uh, kind of a front runner for 
uh, congenital heart defect research. So definitely check uh, with them if you're looking for information that's like current on your child's diagnosis. Uh, and then I got to give a shout out to Icing Smiles because regardless of your child's disability, um, you can contact them and they will set you up with a baker that will bake your child's birthday cake or I guess like whatever um, occasion it is. But they're like what you'd see on like Cake Boss. Like these cakes Aww. are amazing and they do it for free. It's volunteer based. So that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of great resources there. Yeah. Well, Chell, I would like to thank you for being such a strong, inspirational woman and friend. And I feel very lucky to know you and to know Juniper and to know Colin. Before we say goodbye to you, do you have any last thoughts, feelings, anything you want to share that you feel like is an important part of your story, your life, that we haven't already touched on? I guess I would just say, like, I don't know. I'm very, like, mom-focused in this podcast, I guess. But, like, as a mom or as someone who's pregnant or wherever you are in your motherhood journey, just allow yourself to feel things, um, whatever they are and whenever they come. um, And remember that you have a community around you that will lift you up and support you because you know motherhood and the journey to motherhood is really hard for a lot of people and it doesn't look the same for anyone so just allow yourself to to live in the moment um and however that may feel for you is there a place where if listeners want to follow along with juniper's story is there a place where they can go they could follow the hashtag juniper the brave on instagram uh, we don't really have a like designated Facebook page, but she does have a GoFundMe. Uh, it's still up. Don't donate, please. It's already overfunded. But we had posted all of her like previous stories and information there. So if you want to look at that, um, kind of the trajectory of Juniper's journey, it is on GoFundMe slash like Juniper's journey. But it's a weird URL, but you'll find it. Thank you for joining us today, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. You're an awesome mom, by the way. Oh, stop. You're making me blush. And to all of our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know that you have a lot of different podcast options today, and so I really appreciate you taking the time out to spend it with Chelsea and I. I do invite you to tune in next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, I would very much appreciate if you uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, if that is your platform of choice. 